Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Should Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hey, friends, we've got an encore presentation today on a hot mess. A hot mess. I love that topic title because we're all sometimes a hot mess, but you know, oftentimes our families are a hot mess. And so the show's called A Hot Mess Dysfunctional Families. And in this part one, we do an overview of what a dysfunctional family is, what it looks like, are you in one? And then as well, just some tips and tools on how to deal with it, especially if you're there on holidays or on birthdays and celebrations. Um, and I really want you guys to tune in because I thought the show was particularly important. We have our guest, Todd Mulligan, who is a wonderful counselor, and he's been on with us several times. Listen up, and I can't wait to hear what you think. So today we have a special show. Today's show is called A Hot Mess. And this is the best part of it. A Hot Mess Dysfunctional Families. Yes, you heard me right. I said hot mess, dysfunctional families. Now, did I come up with this? No, I didn't. I was raised in the perfect family. Hello, mom and dad. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. But this has been a request from a lot of people. And a lot of people have said, how do I deal? Is there such thing as not a dysfunctional family? How do I deal with the dynamics of my family? So you know what I did? I was able to work with my assistant And she recommended that we contact our guest here today. And let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Todd Mulliken. He is a counselor, author, and speaker. Not only that, he's got some awesome books that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And he received his master's degree in counseling. Thank God for that, because nobody wants to hear my opinion on dysfunctional families. He has been employed as a counselor and a clinical administrator in the counseling field since 1984. Now, I could go on and on about him, but I want you guys to hear about who he is. Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. I'm just, you know, you just make me so calm as I listen to your voice. (laughs) You know, I need counseling, I'm sure, in every area of my life. So I'm going to have to come and find you. Could you tell uh, us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Sure. So I've been married for 30 plus years, wife Laura, three adult daughters, couple son-in-laws. So oh, loving that. Very Bless. grateful. And my practice is about 10 minutes from my house. So I'm mm. really grateful. I'm also a professor downtown at um, Minneapolis Community College. Great. So that's really fun and a great opportunity just to you know, teach general psychology and intro to psych disorders. So it's yeah. a lot of fun. I'm really grateful. Yeah. I think I failed that class in college. <laughs> I don't remember. Must have been the professor. It was a big yeah. book. I just remember that. But I, I loved college and thank God, praise God, I got a double degree out of it. So it happened. But Todd, um, I'm just so thankful that you're here. Could you tell us the name of some of your books, the three books? I, I loved looking at them. And can how can our listeners find you online? Sure. www.toddmullican.com. T-O-D-D-M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. That'll give you directions to my clinic. Uh, the books I've written, the first one was on affairs and why they happen and how couples can heal from that over time if they choose. And then the second one is all the best for, for couples, five ways to bring out the best in your spouse. So patterns that I think men can bring into the relationship that will really create a safe place to bring out the best in their wives. And then some things the wives can do to bring out the best in their spouse and their mm. husbands. So that's that book, just five things for each person to work on. And then I 
did a lot of work with adolescents for many years and saw these patterns that actually parents could work on to bring out the best in their kids. Mm. So I have five C's that I call it that parents can work on, being consistent, being congruent, being compassionate, being con- creative, being a good parent that confesses when we're wrong. Mm-hmm. I could so, have read that book. I should have read <laughs> Hello to my kids, Shelly and Ben. Don't you think mom could have, uh, have benefited from reading that book? All the best for parents. Well, thank you, Todd, so much for being here. And again, thank you for his wife, Laura, for putting up with him all those years Mm, so he could just drive 10 minutes away and and counsel those of us that need it. But today's topic, dysfunctional families, you know, I heard from so many of my girlfriends and we talked about this topic as well as I really did interview quite a few people and ask them, you know, what do you think about dysfunction, et cetera? And the first question I want to ask you is... What is dysfunctional? I mean, what does that word even mean? You know, mm. when I ask people what they think of it, they're like, I can't put my finger on it. It's a hot mess. It, you know, it, it, things just get screwed up. It's selfish desires. It's crazy. It's mind mm. games. What would you say from a professional standpoint dysfunction is? Well, first of all, all families have aspects that are not, not functioning well. So the way to think of dysfunctional is that at times it's just not functioning well. Mm-hmm. So. And that has varieties of things that cause that dysfunction. So I think it's important to realize all families have some of these patterns. But it isn't incidents as much as it is patterns of behavior that just create a place that isn't operating well. You know, it doesn't feel safe for somebody. It doesn't feel like they can share what's on their mind. Some people feel, like you just said, it's selfish desires. It feels crazy. So it's different for everybody. But it basically means that it isn't operating in the way that it could. So um, now we've established what dysfunction means. Um, when you're in the middle of a dysfunctional situation, you feel you are drowning mm. in a hot mess. And so share with us, what are some of the ingredients? Is, I love that word, ingredients. Some of the ingredients that create the mess in dysfunctional families. So the person you're describing there that actually is feeling like they're drowning, oftentimes is that person that really is very people-pleaser-based. They have the grace of Jesus through and through. You know, they're just, they feel things deeply. They're harmonious. They want the best. And so when they're entering into these conflicts and these difficult patterns that happen, they just feel overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, that's it can feel like they're drowning, but there's also some other people in the family like they don't know there's anything wrong, you know, yeah. and there is something that's wrong. So it kind of depends on the person where they're coming from. And so what we'll talk about probably at some point is that that person who is overwhelmed and is feeling like they're drowning, they're going to have to start coming out to play more and start addressing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're usually afraid to do that because they feel it, quote unquote, won't go well. So I wish I had a dollar for every time I had a client who said, you know, that wasn't very good advice, Todd. You told me to address this, <laughs> and it didn't go well. You know, what are yeah. you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. So so you, you said it so well. There's people they just feel overwhelmed. They feel like they're drowning, and they feel stuck. Yeah. So it, it's, it's hard, and it's different for everybody. But most of the time, those are the folks that are sensitive, aware, discerning. They know something's not right here. Mm-hmm. As you notice, that's probably not my question. That was someone else's question. <laughs> <laughs> I am more of a let's get it out there and talk about a person. Right. But uh, it, is a, it is a situation. And I think I have even met a lot of people who are very outgoing, very dynamic, but yet there's a great fear when it comes to the dysfunction in their families. And they almost revert back to a different age. Yes. So true because they're, if you will, their development within the home is what you know, we would call arrested. It's, it's stuck. 
because, you know, not all the time. I'm a parent. I have 29, 27, 25-year-old daughters, and so doing the best I can. My spouse is doing the best she can. But So this isn't just a blame the parents show here, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, it is up to us as parents, as good leaders, to create a place where kids can say what's on their mind. And so some kids that have heightened sensitivity, they just never learned how to do it. So, But, but, but then when they go to play... They go to school, they do life, they go to the church, they go to different places. All of a sudden, they come out to play, and they're they're growing. You know, they feel, they develop that part of their personality. But back home is when they sometimes feel stuck. And so then they bring that, when they become a big person, they bring that into their story when they choose to get married and stuff. And then they, so you said it so well. You can have almost a different personality outside of the home mm-hmm. as you do inside the home. So you've witnessed that as well, um, that you can have grown adult children, but yet when they all get back together, they kind of take on that role that they used to when they were being raised in the home. Right. Absolutely. And then, of course, there's good variables. There are people doing their own work. And that's why the beautiful part about change and growth and healing and hope is that, you know, relying on the Holy Spirit as our advocate to come towards and to work on our own side of the street. Because mm-hmm. we're very good in dysfunctional families to kind of place the blame. It's yeah. always everybody else's fault. We're all great at that in our humanity, right? You mean so, pointing fingers? That's right. <laughs> the blame game? The blame game I've versus never accountability. Done My yes. whole life, that blame game, I tell you. And, you know, I find that some of the most intellectual individuals just digress when they get back into that blame game situation with families, et cetera. So we're all, everybody, I don't think there's a listener today that doesn't suffer with some kind of dysfunction, whether in their family or with their children or at work, Mm. you know, in some of these different environments. Um, Can you share a little bit about that work environment and what that Mm. dysfunction might look like there? It's so hard. You might be a a very hardworking, great person, but the truth is you have a a boss that's very narcissistic. They lack empathy. They're arrogant. You know, and if you really speak up and say what's on your mind and address the mess, you may get fired. You know, so yeah. the truth sometimes is we have to develop boundaries at work that we know are true. But maybe the truth for us right now is this is the job we have, and it is really hard, but we know the truth. The truth is this boss does have these issues. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to work hard and do well, but I'm going to make sure I don't take that home with me. So that's an example is that a boss might create a place that isn't emotionally healthy. They're just running everybody over the truck emotionally every day, you Mm. know, and narcissistic types do that. They need to be right. They need to get the last word. You can't share what's on your mind. So you're suggesting that they just toe the line, do their best, and look for for other work, (laughs) you know, and just, you know, look for other work, you know, because... That, and that's the delicate part. We're uh-huh. all in different places with that. Sure, it'd be nice to say, yeah, I'm just going to go and address the mess of the spouse, and I feel led to do that, and next thing you know, you got a pink slip. You know, you're out. Yeah. So you have to, you know, think through that, be wise, discerning, but also know what is true. Uh-huh. You know, the truth is, and I'm a child of God at this work, and there's a lot of dysfunction. I'm choosing to stay there for now. I'm looking for other work. Yeah. But I'm going to, you know, have good boundaries, but I'm going to know when I leave work, I, I know what is true, that that boss has issues and she or he struggles and that's their stuff, not mine. You know, I mean, they have to really talk through their truths. Sure. Because otherwise they'll take that home with them. So. Or they can call you, Todd. <laughs> there you go. I think sure. How can they reach you? Can you tell our <laughs> sure. listeners? Sure. Just that www.toddmullican.com. There's an appointment number there. Wanda, who's amazing, worked with me for over 30 years, will get their insurance info and get them lined up. That's wonderful. If yeah. you're struggling in any area, whether it be, uh, you know, you just do a whole variety of things besides this dysfunction. I want you to go online, look at their website. Their website's phenomenal. And there's just so much helpful information there for everybody who struggles with this. Um, so if you know that you're going to be entering into a dysfunctional 
environment. Let's say you're going to be going to work and, you know, it's dysfunctional. Or let's say you're going to be going to a family holiday mm-hmm. gathering. You know, that's kind of deadly. You hear about that quite often. What words of advice would you give our listeners on how they should prepare knowing it's going to be dysfunctional and knowing it's going to be hard? You know, a bunch of years ago, a couple of amazing Christian psychologists came up with the word boundaries. Um, and that has been a thing that's helped our field the last 25 years or so mm-hmm. beautifully. So a boundary is a marker you and I set around ourselves so we remember what is true in Christ. And so if I, the truth is my father you know, really struggles with these issues, and I can't really share what's on my mind because he's a last-word Larry, and I'm going to Oh, Christmas. I love that. Last-word Larry. I, you know, he's always got to be right. So I'm going to go yeah. to a holiday dinner, and I'm going to have what I call loving detachment. I'm going to be respectful and cordial, mm-hmm. but I'm probably not going to be as close because I had an honest conversation with them two years ago on a Tuesday, and it's just nothing changed, <laughs> you know. Aww. And so, yeah, but we get to bring those boundaries, and we get to know that we're loved, accepted, and approved by God. It's going to be a tough few hours, but here's what we're for, yep. and move into that. You know, I love to use the term that my uh, pastor, Joel Johnson, uses at Westwood Church, and it's get the love thing right. Mm. You know, we do live in a dysfunctional world. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. The enemy is alive and well, and he prowls around like a lion. We have to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. But let's get the love thing right, even in the struggles, even in the difficulties. Now, that doesn't mean, ladies, you're a doormat. I want to emphasize that there's a difference. But, you know, I remember when Jesus spoke in the book of John, I think it's John 3.13, or 13.34, and now I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples, and they're going, what are you talking about, Jesus? We have been loving one another. That's my interpretation, Shug's commentary. But he says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And what he really wants us to do is that he wants us to get the love thing right. And in that tough situation, Todd, right before you walk into an environment, mm. I want you guys just to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you that ability to get the love thing right. So thank you again, Todd, for mm. being here with us. Thank you so much. And sharing your wisdom and your knowledge um, and educating us on dysfunction. I've got so many questions that we're making this into a part two as well. And the part two, we're really going to give you those tools that you can use before you go into these situations. So I've got a couple of more questions with the time we have left, Todd. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So here's another one. Tragedy. Mm-hmm. Tragedy happens in families. Tragedy happens at work. You, you know, you can, I can be talking about a firing. I can talk about a suicide in a family, possibly. I can be talking about death uh, from a loving spouse or something else. So, Or a father or a mother who pass away. So when people struggle with tragedy and it's dysfunctional, how do you navigate that? Mm. Well, I think it's important to embrace grief, you know, and embrace all those stages of grief that we go through. You know, we have shock and denial, then we have anger, and then we have bargaining, where what could have happened, or I wish this could have happened. We have depression, where we're sad, and we're, or we have that sense of loss, and then we have acceptance. And I think it's just important that we don't rush through that grief, that we don't try to kind of fix it quick. You know, mm-hmm. when we go through trauma, we need to embrace it and go through it and know that we're loved by God and, and know that different people in the family system are going to grieve differently. Some people are going to want to rescue it. Some people are going to want to over-spiritualize it, you know, and kind of, well, this is God's plan, or, you know, just in terms of, in a way that might be off-putting to that person who's been through trauma. So how do we, just as a loving child of God, just know that we're loved and receive God's mercy through that time of trauma and before each other in that mm-hmm. and create safe places to, to grieve together. So grief 
you know, it covers different stages, and we need to allow ourselves time to go through that. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we rush through it too quick, but we also don't want to be defined by it either. We don't mm-hmm. want it to define our whole life, but we also want to know that this is a time when we're grieving this tragedy, and it's hard. Don't you find that almost the worst comes out during the tra- times of tragedy? And For families? sure. Yeah, our general personality tendencies kind of get lit up more. So if I'm more an avoider, I'm just going just gonna to sweep it under the rug and not talk about it and just fix it real quick. I'm more somebody that feels things deeply. I'm going to feel it deeply. I'm going to be navigating these waters of grief for a long time. I'm going to be like the psalmist where I'm just crying out to God. And, mm-hmm. and so a family member may view that as, wow, why don't they just relax? Or the person who's crying out to God is with an avoider is going, well, you're not really in touch with your grief. Well, you know, we can't be kind of Joe and Jill judgy on each other. Mm-hmm. We have to know that God has made us each individually in unique ways. So how do we accept those differences? Because they're going to come out more loudly in grief in times of tragedy. You know that you bring up a great point about Joe and Jill judgy. I love that. You know, it, we need to remember not to judge one another. You know, take the plank out of your own eye before you start pointing at a family member or a worker. Um, and what suggestions do you have for those people that tend to do that? That do the judging? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, you said, I mean, we got to work on our own side of the street. If, if there's only one thing I could help individuals with, myself included, is I just got to work on my side of the street in Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. I need to make sure I'm working on my own stuff and versus kind of taking, I always say to couples, you know, and families, let each other in to what you're feeling. Don't take things out on each other. Oh, say that so again. Let each other in. So, Han, I was kind of bugged with what you said yesterday. I love you. I'm for you. But I was really hurt by what you said. How do you see it? So I'm addressing that with my, my bride versus kind of, you know, well, I don't like when she does it. I'm just kind of going to – and I end up kind of giving her the silent treatment for, for five hours. Yeah. Not, that's on me. That's not on her. Mm-hmm. So let each other into what we're going through and – versus taking it out through blame, through silence, through overreaction. So how do we as families, when we're in a delicate time, which we have for everybody, right? Hurt people hurt people, right? And conflicts aren't bad or wrong. The scriptures are full of conflicts. You know, Jesus, you were talking about John, four chapters in a row of John where he's just all over the Pharisees and Mm -hmm. just bringing it, you know. So conflicts are normal. So how do we let each other into what we're feeling authentically, right? Romans twelve nine. love must be what? Sincere. Mm-hmm. So I'm sincerely bringing this up, not because I got to be right, not because you're horrible, because I'm hurt. How do you see it? So we're letting each other in versus kind of taking it out on each other. And do you work with your clients when they come to you with situations like this um, on, on how to possibly approach? For sure. And each case is different. Each personality is different and each story is different, right? So it's not one size fits all mm-hmm. to be sure, but... I think it's really, I think we learn a lot by just looking at our own side of the street and doing our part well. Remind our listeners where they can find you. Sure, www.toddmullican.com. That'll have my books on there and my clinic information and ways to get a hold of me. Do you ever, and I know you're, you know I'm not going to ask this. I, 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 I told you I wasn't going to ask you these surprise <laughs> things, but I still do it. <laughs> Do you do any kind of, if they don't live in the state, because we broadcast throughout the United States, How do you ever do any counseling on the phone? For sure. Really? Yeah, like, or I've had folks that have worked with me for a while in the state, and they move, get a job in Big Sky, Montana. Yeah, wherever. there you go. And, you know, yeah, for sure. So absolutely, it's normal to do that. It's normal to have, you know, teletherapy like that. Teletherapy. So, sure. See what I'm learning. Right? Gosh, you're never going to get rid of me now, ah! Todd. <laughs> doesn't matter where I move to or you do. You're (laughs) stuck with me now, baby. Well, I just think it's just so helpful, and it's such a blessing. But really, it gets down to the core of it, and Todd, you've mentioned this too, that we need Christ. 
You know, we live in a fallen world. This is a sinful world. This is where the enemy prowls around like a lion. And he is always trying to pounce in areas that he does not need to be. And so we need to remember that always, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's it's against the spiritual evil that's out there. So I'm asking you ladies right now, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him in your life as your Savior? I mean, he is my friend. He's my Savior. And the cool thing is that then the Holy Spirit, when you say yes to Jesus, comes and lives in you. He guides you. He counsels. Todd, I don't need you anymore. I got the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You got this. He guides you. He counsels you. He's with you always. And the loving thing is that he gives us that opportunity to get the love thing right. Because Jesus is all about love. Every piece of scripture you hear and you read, he is about love. And in First Peter, it says, above everything, love one another earnestly because love covers what? A multitude of sins. And ladies, I got to tell you, you and I are sinners. We're not going to get beyond that. But we can have our sins erased, forgiven, and gone, washed clean from our lives when we say yes to Jesus Christ. The prayer is simple. It goes like this. Father, I am a sinner. I need you in my life. I am struggling with these things, and I no longer want to handle them alone. So, Father, would you, I invite you, come into my life, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to turn away from my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead for my behalf. Oh, Jesus, I need you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, would you do me a favor and tell somebody else that? Or reach out to us at www.himforherministries.org. I would love to hear it. It would just make my whole entire day. Amen. Todd, thank you so much for being here. Do you Mm. have a few last words for our listeners? I love what you said about getting the love thing right. Mm -hmm. So, And just know that we can love well by being authentic and being for our family members, but it also includes being loving enough to share with something that we're struggling with. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we love them less when we're just sharing something that's tough that happens. Yeah. So for those pleasers out there that want to continue to love well, they can also, they love well also by not, you know, just saying something that's tough once in a while. That's yeah. okay. God is with you, your advocate, your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to be your advocate and your guide. I love how you just have already introduced our next show. The next show is going to be on basically a hot mess, dysfunction, you know, dysfunctional families, a hot mess. And we are going to be talking with Todd at length, giving you tools, giving you supplies. But we're going to be talking about avoiding versus addressing the mess. Avoiding versus addressing the mess. Would you guys please share this? Be a podcast follower of ours. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe. Please look Todd up at his website as well, which is what again? www.toddmullican.com. You're going to be so swamped with work. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? You know, your poor wife. I I apologize (laughs) for that. And his books are fabulous, by the way. I really encourage you guys to, to look them up and purchase one as well. It's only going to help in your life. And ladies, you know I love you so much. Throughout the whole United States, please support our ministry, himforherministries.org, and help us bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the darkest corners of the world. Ladies, you know I love you. Over and out.